Welcome, welcome. You're now joining Session Conversation, the Vegas Scoop, episode 10, where we'll be covering all of the upcoming games for week 14. Once again, sponsored by Rindle Powerboats Experience in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am OG Flowers, joined once again by the Lip Service and AJ Scoop. Thanks for joining us, fellas. Tonight is another game. We're going to get another win, fellas. Yeah, good win last week. You guys did look good in that game. Yeah, we, were, we had some energy going. You know, we had some energy running all over the place. You guys killed them. That was a good win by you. They killed me on the stat line. But uh, let's get into the slate. How was y'all week, fellas? How did you do? Let's give them a quick recap. It was not good. One and four on the contest. Uh, Saturday went six for six. Couldn't lose a bet. Sunday couldn't win a bet. It happens. Now we find out how you respond to it. Very painful for me. Uh, two and three on the week. Uh, I had three games nailed down I was going to use no matter what. Those games were Minnesota. I told you that was my game of the winner of the week or played better of the week. That was a loser. That was terrible. Um, I had Tampa Bay. That was a winner. I had the Rams. That was a winner. I debated the last two slots ultimately between six teams and came up with two losers. I took Atlanta. That was a lousy bet. I took the Colts, thinking that they could hold Jacksonville down. They did to six points, but they couldn't score. So I went two and three on the uh, the week, as I mentioned. I moved from tied for 30th. I slid back to tied for 61st in the contest. They do pay the top 100 spots, so I'll be looking to try and move up in there. I have 41 points in the contest. The leader has 49. He's been outstanding. I'm uh, five points out of third place, so I need to make a move starting this week. That's what's up, man. I'm still... Louisiana hot sauce on my best bets. Yeah, the your bets been great. Did they? Uh, did that? I know a lot of people were on that Tampa Bay Carolina over. I don't. They, they, they didn't get the over. Did no, that was garbage. That was a loser that I had this week. I struggled. Okay. You know, basically all around for myself. I I did take Buffalo and middle that game versus Miami, which helped. But it was a real struggle for me last week. I've put it behind me, and I'm ready to move forward. All right, so let's move forward. Uh, let's attack this first game, Thursday night game. We got Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Tennessee to face the Titans. Jacksonville's four and eight, Tennessee six and six. AFC South matchup. Uh, right now it's looking like uh, Jacksonville is getting, how much are they getting right Four. Here? Four? Yeah, Jacksonville's getting four. I, I actually did take this game. Um, I took plus four and a half. Um, and, uh, you know, it won't be on my card. It's a Thursday game, so we're not really going to be going into it too much here. But, um, yeah, I think Jacksonville is the right side here. The Titans, um, they did come back and win versus the Jets. Um, they looked lousy early and came back against a, a, a New York Jets team that's really been struggling. So uh, I, I think Jacksonville played really well on defense at home. Both the corners are back healthy. I think they can go into Tennessee and, uh, and take four points. I think that's the right side. I won't be on it because it is a Thursday game, but I do like them. Yeah, anytime with these Thursday games, you got to look at uh, who's got some momentum going into the game, and this is a case where both teams do. Um, Jacksonville's defense, if they do show up and play, you know, like they did a week ago. You know, we saw this Tennessee offense last week struggle against that Jet team that has a lot of injuries and, you know, played from behind and made a nice comeback. So, with Tennessee being at home, you know, with this Jacksonville team, it's tough to predict how they'll come out. You know, there's a chance that, you know, they want to send a statement to Luck and prove to everybody that they're still an elite defense and then, you know, wouldn't be shocked if they came out and no-showed in this game. Um, you know, I think this is a tough game to predict with a short week. And, uh, you know, I do lean to the dog just with the points. And, you know, with Jacksonville being in still a by-low spot after that, you know, stretch of not covering for eight straight weeks. So, you know, lean to the dog, but you know, don't really have a strong position on this game. You know, maybe later in the week something materializes. All right. Well, let's get into a game that we do want to play, uh, Baltimore at Kansas City. 
Kansas City's given up seven points here. It's in Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City right now is 5-0 and at home. Uh, and then Baltimore's 3-3 three and three on the road, splitting that. Uh, both teams coming off wins. Streak for Baltimore right now, three wins in a row. Kansas City just got one, so uh, how are we feeling about this one? Lip, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, I took uh, <clears throat> plus eight and a half when the line came out on Baltimore. I knew that that line was way off, so I did take value there. That does not mean that I'm going to be using Baltimore in this game. I'm not sure exactly what direction I'm going to be headed. It's going to depend on which way they, they set the line at here. Um, Kansas City is... Uh, in a hole to me, you know, obviously, you know, it needs to be mentioned that Kareem Hunt, you know, is no longer with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and, you know, what he did was obviously, you know, something that, you know, everyone's going to frown upon. I mean, you can't do that to a human being, let alone a woman. So, you know, the Chiefs did what was right. They cut him loose and they want nothing to do with him. You know, that moving forward, I, you know, I think that they're bringing in new, a new piece in Charkandrick West. He's familiar with the offense. Spencer Ware is now going to be involved with, you know, taking on the, the load itself. Damian Williams came over from the Dolphins. He was involved last week. They had a lot of rushing yards in that game, so I, I don't think they really missed too much of a beat offensively, but you know, Scoop has been saying in the past that this defense is a problem, and it did look like a problem in this game. Um, they gave up a boatload of points um, you know, in, in, against the Raiders. You know that are, is missing a lot of pieces, and you know, that was a you know, cause for concern for me for Super Bowl hopes. Um, Baltimore, you know, I was made a lousy play trying to think that Atlanta was, you know, decent at home and they could play in a game against Baltimore last week. Big mistake there. Baltimore went in there and their defense showed up. They scored to really seal the game, you know, that they were controlling for the most part in that game. And Baltimore looks like that they're the type of offense that can move up and down the field methodically to keep Kansas City off of the field. You know, using Lamar Jackson, who I believe will start in this game. I don't think they're ruling out any, you know, bringing in Flacco or anything. You know, you're trying to win football games at this time of the season to get into the playoffs, and the Ravens have a team that can do that. Uh, the, the points are too many here. Um, I'm not sure which way I'm going to be leaning. Uh, my brother, who's been hot, that helps me with a lot of handicapping, likes Kansas City here, so that scares me off a little bit. I'm not sure if I'll be on the card, but that's kind of how I see it so far. Yeah, no, it's it's a shame with what happened to Kareem Hunt because, you know, happens at the exact time that Eric Berry is about to come back from it's his injury. It's a shame what happened to the girl. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a, it's a shame for uh, for all parties involved because this Kansas City team, you know, as low as I am on their defense, um, you know, you bring a guy like Eric Berry back, you know, all they really need is their defense to be average. And, you know, offensively, you know, when it gets a little bit colder, you know, running the ball becomes more important and – you know, Kareem Hunt was just an, a dynamic back that, I mean, you know, quietly one of the five best running backs in the NFL. You know, small school guy coming out of Toledo, and, you know, all he's done since he's been in the league is, you know, probably be, you know, I think, an elusive rating. He's number one as far as running backs are concerned. So, you know, big drop off from him to uh, Sharkhandrick West and Spencer Ware. So this Kansas City offense could potentially take a little bit of a step back, you know, when you're playing against a team like the Raiders. And you got a quarterback like Mahomes with Travis Kelsey and, and Hill. You're, you're, you know, putting up 40 is no surprise. So we're going to find out a lot about this Kansas City offense here and what they're going to look look like going forward against some stiffer competition. But as far as this matchup's concerned, this is about Lamar Jackson and this rushing attack being coming, you know, one of the scariest aspects of the NFL here down the stretch run, going up against a Kansas City team that's dead last defending the run. So when you're talking about, you know, locking in a, a number like we both have at above a touchdown, um, you know, beautiful because you know 
Baltimore's a team that, you know, veteran group. They know what they know what it takes. They missed the playoffs last year just by the skin of their teeth. It was a big reason why that was one of my favorite plays for a season win total over. Um, wouldn't be shocked if they were able to steal this one outright. I do think this game comes down to the wire. To me, the deciding factor is going to be can this Baltimore defense that's 25th in red zone efficiency, can their defense get stops when it counts down there? Because they've struggled defending tight ends a little bit. And we saw a guy like Travis Kelsey last week just put, you know, put the hammer down on the Raiders. You know, 140 yards, two touchdowns, I think 12 catches, something like that. I think that's going to be the game plan for Kansas City, though. I think, you, you know, if, you know, or excuse me, for Baltimore, take away Travis Kelsey. Because now, like you mentioned, with Kareem Hunt out, a dynamic player that a lot of people really don't know about. This is a big ding to this offense here. I mean, you know, I think now game planning for good defenses are going to take Travis Kelsey away. I understand that Tyreek Hill is explosive. I mean, there's nobody more explosive in the league than than Tyreek Hill. But Baltimore has the pieces on defense to game plan for taking Travis Kelsey away. And like you mentioned, a lot of points – Running the ball, it's getting cooler. I, I do, I'm starting to favor that the points are too many here. Yeah, no, it's a classic buy low, sell high spot. Kansas City 8 3 and 1 against the spread, their last 11, last 12. Baltimore, even with back to back wins and covers, still only 2 and 4 against the spread, their last 6. This Baltimore team just had their bye week about three weeks ago, so, you know, they refocused, recharged. All of a sudden, they come out of their bye week. Just like your boy Deion Sanders said, this team's starting to hit their stride. This is a team I've been high on from the get-go. I think this is a coin flip game as far as, you know, who wins. So I think this line should be more like three, three and a half. I think we have an inflated number. Um, Now, this is still Lamar Jackson, and if Kansas City can, you know, I mean, I watched New England run the ball up and down the the field on this Kansas City team. I've seen other teams do it. Um, I expect the Ravens to have a lot of success on the ground. And I think this game's going to come down to, uh, you know, what team – you know, does well in the red zone and what defense can get some stops late in the game. That's something that Baltimore's defense has had some issues with. But uh, I like the points at Baltimore. All right, fellas, let's move on to our next game. Indianapolis Colts, 6-6. Six and six, Going to Houston to face 9-3 Texans. Texans are 5-1 at home. Colts are 2-4 and four on the road. Right now, Houston's giving up 5 in this one. Um, how are we feeling? How are we feeling about this? Scoop, you want to take this one? Yeah, so Indy Houston, this is, this is, to me, right there with Baltimore, Kansas City is, you know, one of the more intriguing games of the weekend. We're going to find out a lot about, you know, just the dynamic of the quarterback situation in the AFC South because Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck are two of the open, you know, Andrew Luck, you know, haven't really seen a lot of him with all the injuries recently, but, you know, we got a flash of him two, three years ago, and, you know, we got a flash of Deshaun Watson last season, but this is... You know, this is going to be, you know, every, you know, division has that quarterback rivalry that goes back and forth and kind of decides how careers go for quarterbacks. And this will be the second meeting between these two. The first one was a classic 37-34 in overtime. Again, that Indy wishes they probably could go back in time and not go for it on that fourth down and and get a tie out of it instead of uh, a loss, which could be a huge factor in the, the division race here down the road. But their Houston. playoff hopes. Yeah, Houston now here uh, won nine in a row. Their confidence is sky high. Coming off a game against Cleveland where they got outgained, um, you know, convincingly by Cleveland who went up and down the field on them. And uh, Baker Mayfield behind a, an offensive line that doesn't have a left tackle really struggled and had a lot of turnovers. And Houston turned those turnovers into points, did what good teams do, uh, made them pay for it. Um, Indy, this will be their second straight road game. Uh, just won 2-1 and one against the spread the last four, kind of hit the top of the market there. 
with uh, six straight wins going into Jacksonville. So, you know, struggled to score last week, was playing against the refs a little bit, and uh, struggled to put some points on the board. Even despite me, you know, moving the ball up and down the field, I think Indy wins that game 9 out of 10. It was just one of those weird days where, you know, a lot of things went against them. But I think this is a truth-revealing revenge spot for, for Indy where we're going to find out, you know, this defense is trending in the right direction, held Jacksonville to six points last week. If this Indy defense can play well and, and Darius Leonard can continue to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL, um, you know, I think this is another game similar to the last one, just coin flip game. Um, I think this line should be more like three and a half. I think it'll trend down to four, three and a half. And uh, we're going to find out a lot about Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck's a little bit better quarterback, but if this game comes down to the last five minutes, um, you know, there's certain quarterbacks that you just have to learn. You don't bet on them when the money's down, and, and I think Deshaun Watson, like Russell Wilson's one of them. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson right now is actually playing better than anybody uh, in, in football, and that goes for anybody. That wait, 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 real quick, how, how many quarterbacks have been playing better than anybody in the last month? First, well, it, first it was Breeze, then it was Mahomes. Now it's Watson. It no, was no, Mahomes and Breeze have been doing it all year. I mean, I mean, every They've week. Been doing every week you pick a new quarterback. No, who's those playing guys better have been. Anyone. Those guys have been doing it all year. I'm saying right now, Deshaun Watson's playing the best quarterback. He just finds a way to win. Well, no, no, he's playing the best quarterback in all of football. Nobody's nobody's playing better than Deshaun Watson right now. Name so? one player. So, that, so Breeze has one down game. Mahomes, like, I've heard you tell me five listen, quarterbacks are New playing Orleans better has, than anyone. New Orleans has a better offense. They have multiple running backs. They, you know, they have a, a top three wide receiver in the game. Houston has one wide receiver, and that's it. They have Deshaun Watson. You they're all great quarterbacks. So they're all great quarterbacks, but nobody's playing better yeah, than Deshaun Watson. Remember what his college coach said before draft? He said Michael he's Michael Jordan. Jordan. He, yeah. he elevates the whole team. Well, you know who found out last week, too, was Baker Mayfield because we had a little discussion about you know two decent quarterbacks <laughs> in that last game, and, and we found one's really good and one's really not. And well, no, I told you in that game, when, when, you're pl- when you're finally playing against a team with a pass rush and you don't have a left tackle, if Joe Thomas doesn't retire... Listen, we're not going to go back to last if Joe week. Thomas, if Joe Thomas doesn't retire, the right, Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. Let's move on to this game. Okay? Do you agree with that statement? No, I don't agree with that statement at all. That's strong. Okay, that's a strong let's statement. move on to this game. This is, what, you know, this is this week. The Colts are a good football game. Football team. Mentally, I don't know if there's anybody playing with more confidence than Houston at this point. And I, I really am starting to like this defense. Yeah. This defense. Now, mentioning that, Indianapolis gave up a grand total of six points on the road last week. Defensively, they've been playing pretty good as well, too. It's a lot of points in this game. I don't know which way I'm going to go there. I'm not playing this game at all. I'm just I'm just getting into it for the sake of – it is a big game here for the Colts especially. But I, I am, I'm going to go back to Houston is a complete team right now. To me, right now, they're the second best team in the AFC. New England is the best team again in the AFC. Kansas City with the loss of Hunt. I don't think is going to be able to survive in this AFC anymore. Houston is a complete team every single week, and they've proved it. The Colts are not as good as I thought they were. Houston should win this game. I don't know about the points. Well, well this Houston team, you want, you want to talk about how great they are in, in this nine-game winning streak. I mean, let's just run through some of these games. You played Cleveland, which we discussed. It was a bad spot for Cleveland coming off there. Deshaun Waltz, he's, health, he's healthy, though, Scoop. I'm not going to go back to these things. He wasn't healthy in the beginning of the year. He is now. No question. I'm a big That's Desha- why he's I'm, the best. I'm one of the biggest Deshaun Watson supporters in, in the whole country. Okay. Say that again. I'm, you best quarterback in the league right now? I think he's playing the best quarterbacking in football right mm-hmm. now, Deshaun Watson. Well, you're going to change that in a couple weeks like the rest of them. My point is, is let's talk about how, how real this Houston team is. You play Cleveland in a, coming off their Super Bowl, beating Hugh Jackson. You beat the Titans. You beat out. You went at Washington in a, in a real close game. They have a good at defense Denver at home. by two versus Miami. Denver is a good at team. At Jacksonville, Buffalo, 
I mean, okay. Who have they beaten? I, I mean, I mean, out of the last five, I only mean, two of them go, were close. Go, listen, go, listen. Going, going into the season, the Houston Texans. The Deshaun Watson is healthy now. He wasn't healthy in the beginning of nobody, the year. Are you not listening? Nobody is doubting what Deshaun Watson is. We're talking about their team, right? I am, and their defense. They have they, a very good defense. This Houston Texans team has played the. Solid. They have played the easiest schedule in the NFL. Okay, that's fine. But their defense can hold them in any game, and they have a player that is more dynamic right now than anybody. Well, if you if you t- first off, I think Andrew Luck's still a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson, and you're giving me five points. I like both of them. I'm I'll, saying right now, I'll take Deshaun Watson is playing better than anybody. I'll take Andy. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and move on to our next game. <clears throat> Got Carolina Panthers traveling to Cleveland to face the Browns. Browns are now four and seven and one with that tie. Carolina's five hundred at six and six, one and five on the road for Carolina. Um, not so good. Right now, it looks like. Uh, Carolina's giving up one and a half points to the Browns. Uh, how are we feeling about this one, Lip? Well, this is a tough game. You know, I told you guys last week on the, the podcast that uh, Carolina was on their way out, and they are on their way out. And, you know, we've gone into this discussion about is Cleveland a good team or not a good team. They're not a good team, but they're in a good spot here, and they're at home, and they play better in this situation. Carolina's has, you know, issues all over the place now, it seems like. They just fired multiple players, or, I mean, positions on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive coordinator's been let go, or the defensive line coach, I think Brady Hokey, coach from Michigan. uh, Other players have been let go, relieved of their positions over there. Rivera's going to call the defense going into this game. Their defense we've seen is cannot stop anybody in the air. I expect Cleveland in this game to be able to move it through the air. I think they'll be able to probably pound the ground a little bit in this game as well, too, and probably, you know, um, look almost juggernautish on offense. Now, let's go over to Carolina on their side, the offensive side of the ball for them. I've got issues now with Greg Olson being out with that foot. I feel bad for him. He's a, a great guy and a great player, but the NFL, you know, chalks up injuries, and now he's on that, that part of the bug. He won't be playing the rest of the season. His career's in jeopardy as well. Now, Cam Newton, they've been saying, is can't even lift up his right arm. They're talking, you know, people have like sore arms and this kind of stuff. Well, he's not even lifting it up. His arm is, is, and there were a couple throws in that game that were to be made last week and even the previous week, and he's lunging and throwing everything into it to try and get the ball downfield when guys like, you know, are flicking the ball, you know, to positions where these need to be made. Carolina is not healthy on offense. Carolina is... Going back to my analogy of mental toughness or mentally being challenged or, you know, your confidence level, Carolina's confidence level is really down. Cleveland got buried early in that game, early against Houston. It was over almost at halftime. They came back in the second half and did some nice things in that game. You know, they knew it was out of reach, but they, they you know, they fessed up in that game and professionally went out there and made some plays in that game. This may be a card game for me in Cleveland. I need to dig in a little bit more with uh, the superstar um, Ward out with the concussion last week. Make sure he comes back. I look at Cleveland so far. You know, you nailed it right on the head, OG, when you were announcing this. Is this Carolina team all season long? They've just been different on the road, one and five. This will be their second straight road game, going from down in Florida to uh, up to Cleveland here. Um, you know, this game very simple. You know, if you're gonna make Cleveland's offense look. And the th- really thing about the game last week with Houston is, you know, Cleveland went up and down the field. I mean, if Antonio Callaway doesn't fumble at the one, that scoreboard looks a lot different. No, they had a lot of interceptions. Um, you know, just a lot of turnovers. But, I mean, Cleveland continued with Freddie Kitchens calling the plays to move the football, and I think they will continue to do so. This Carolina team, um, bottom five in defensive efficiency, bottom four against the pass. 
Um, bottom eight in pass rush, and when you can't get after the quarterback and you let Baker Mayfield have time to throw, this dude is as accurate as any quarterback that's come into the league in the last 20 years, and I think he'll continue to uh, find open receivers. And this Carolina team, they might be on the verge of quitting. Um, Greg Olson was one of the leaders in this locker room without him down the stretch run. And I'll tell you, last week I watched this Carolina-Tampa Bay game, um, you know, had a little bit more focus on it than, than most games at 1 o'clock, and I just kept saying to myself, man, Cam doesn't look right. Man, Cam doesn't look right. And it's not just his shoulder. I mean, his speed, his he, he his pep in his step. He's day-to-day with a he, leg right now. Yeah, no, the, the leg looks off. I mean, he like he, there were a couple of times he got to the boundaries, and it looked like he was going to go for about 17 or 18, and he was getting like six yards. Um, you know, this Tampa Bay team, you, you, you run the read option type plays on them, and with all their defensive injuries, there were so many big plays there for the taking, and Carolina just really couldn't do it. Um, and then you sprinkle in all the, all the interceptions he threw, and, and we all seen Cam. This is a guy that has really high highs and really low lows. And, you know, when, when you have to bounce back from something like that, this Carolina team now sitting at 6-6, six and six, pretty much drawn dead in the NFC South to, to win the division. They have some hope to win the to get in with the wild card. But, they lost Seattle on a tiebreaker. You, you, you don't have – just going to say that. You don't have the tiebreaker against Seattle – um, you know, you got some other teams there, but you know, hope isn't lost for Carolina. Um, you know, I, it's not my favorite thing in the world to fade a team who's 0-4 straight up and against the spread their last four games. But you know, Cleveland, um, you know, I still think they're a little undervalued here. I think Cleveland should be the one and a half point favorite here, not the one and a half point dog. I think this this number's off. Um, but I great think, teaser spot. I think I think Cleveland, Cleveland. Yeah, I think Cleveland up to seven and a half with uh, New England from uh, seven and a half down to one and a half. Yeah, this some gonna, teaser games. This can be one of my favorite. Teasers are going to get uh, hot down the, the stretch. Week. Yeah, it's a good teaser week. Um, but I think for Cleveland, you want to talk about what kind of spot this is. I think when you have a team like Cleveland that you know is a little cocky coming off the two wins against Indy, uh, against Atlanta against Cincinnati and you go down to Houston and you get humbled. So I, th- I think this is a humbled bounce back spot for him. You come back home. Um, and, and this Cleveland team, they're 4-7-1, four, 4-7-1 seven, four, seven, overall. So, you know, all hope is yeah, a loss Yeah, with the them. new coaching, it, I mean, it, there's no, there's no like, losing, and, like, yeah, tradition and, anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, they're past The that. thing about Cleveland is, you know, is, like, playoffs, like, they're not mathematically eliminated yet. But at the same time, like, that's not what this is about. This is about getting some good energy going into 2018. Absolutely. Because John Dorsey's going to spend some money, and they're going to have more acquisitions come in here. And this Cleveland team is going to be a competitor here for, for the future. Um, so, you know, I think Cleveland and teasers, and, 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 and I'm – more than likely going to play Cleveland on the card. Yeah, definitely Cleveland and teasers, and I'm looking at the card play as well. All right, fellas, let's move on to our next game. Got the 10-2 and two Saints, 5-1 and one on the road. Heading to Tampa Bay to face the 5-7 and seven, uh, Buc- Buccaneers. 4-2 and two at home for the Buccaneers. Uh, right now, New Orleans is giving up eight points um, with a 56 over, under. Lip, you want to take this one? Sure. How you feeling? <clears throat> yeah, I took a plus 9.5 on this game with Tampa Bay when it opened. And I think it's the right side. Um, New Orleans, to me, um, is a really, really, really good football team. They're a top two, three in the league, to me, no question about it. But the one thing that I am looking at New Orleans and I'm concerned with um, moving forward once they start to see elite offenses, which Tampa Bay is close to that. They have a really good offense. And, you know, once they get into the playoffs and they see, you know, the juggernauts of the Rams and even the Eagles that I think are going to start moving forward, maybe Minnesota, we'll see is that offensively they have two outstanding running backs. We know this. Kamara, you know, in the last game, you know, against um, 
uh, on Thanksgiving or I'm, excuse me on the Thursday game against Dallas yeah, where they lost true. in that game, Kamara was off. He didn't look as good as he had been in the past. I don't know if it was a short week preparation or whatnot, or just Dallas's defense is that good. They also have Mar- uh, uh, Ingram as well too. So the running backs are fantastic. Michael Thomas has been shut down a little bit here of late. Um, I think that he's drawing the number ones and more coverage in there. But where I do see uh, Tampa Bay, or excuse me, New Orleans struggling moving forward in a game like this maybe in particular is the fact that Des Bryant was knocked out for the year. I thought that was going to be gigantic for them. I don't think that this New Orleans team has a superstar number two wide receivers like a lot of the other teams do where they can get up and down the field quickly and score to be in games where Tampa Bay could be scoring in this game. And I expect Tampa Bay to be scoring in this game. I've been telling you guys for, you know, all throughout the year on the podcast that that Jameis Winston is a very good quarterback. And, you know, he's been proving that since he's come back in for the third, fourth, sixth, eighth, whatever time he is to be starting now. And he's been playing really good. He's been playing mistake-free football. That's the key, not making mistakes. No, no, no. I mean, he has the talent. I mean, he you know, the one thing I love about Jameis Winston in this game, and for all you gurus out there that want to learn about quarterbacking and how to watch things, I think that Jameis Winston is the second-best quarterback in pro football at throwing ball speeds. Everything doesn't have to be zipped at somebody going over the middle. There's speeds out there. Andrew Luck is the best at that. But Jameis Winston throws different speeds on the football that allows his wide receivers to pick up and go with it. And any of you players out there that are in uh, fantasy football and the playoffs and you want to look for somebody to maybe steal a win here, get Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin hit over 100 yards last week. He's been involved. Bingo. And another guy that you like as well, too, is Humphreys. You know, in the PPR league for the playoffs, pick him up as well here too, because Deshaun Watson, or excuse me, um, Deshaun Jackson didn't play last week because he had a, a an ailment with his hand. I think it was his thumb. I'm not sure what it was, but I will tell you that the offense looked better without him. He's the type of guy that isn't going to go up and make contested catches and be physical and all these types of things. I like Tampa Bay's offense in this game more than a field goal. Expect Tampa Bay to be on my card versus New Orleans. Yeah, no, we, we saw these teams play earlier this season, 48-40. to 40. Um, Week one, it was a game that kind of made me, you know, with, with New Orleans over nine and a half wins uh, in futures to win the NFC and win the Super Bowl after week one, I, I, I was like, what? You know, I, I might have completely just missed the boat on, on what this team is. And, you know, as the season's progressed, obviously, um, they figured some things out and made some adjustments on defense. But we saw this Tampa Bay team, um, give them fits, and, and I don't think it happened by accident. And this Tampa Bay offense is much more dangerous than it, it is today than it was back in week one when they dropped 48 on him. Chris Godwin is in year three in his rookie contract, and this dude is one of the best receivers in the NFL that nobody knows about. And Deshaun Jackson hopefully um, is on limited snap count next week, and Godwin continues to play high um, you know, amount of plays because all he does is make plays when he's out on the field. Eli Apple against – um, Michael Gallup last week got torched over and over and over. And Eli Apple, you know, he had issues in the, in New York with the Giants. And, you know, I, I think he's an upgrade over what New Orleans had previously. But at the same time, this dude still struggles to, to stop people. And his coverage skills aren't the best. And a guy like Chris Godwin can really exploit that. Now, on the other side of the ball, not really quite sure who Tampa Bay has defensively to guard Michael Thomas. Really nobody. And Alvin Kamara, and you know, you, you mentioned it. You know, his energy was just off in that Dallas game. I agree. I, I saw from the still a great player. You know, man. I watched. I watched that game with you, and I, I told you five minutes into the game, this vibe is just off for New Orleans. Like this is just one of them nights. You know, well, I think Dallas's defense had a lot to do with it. No question. And, and this is what happens in the NFL. And this is why, you know, 
buying high, buying low and selling high is a recipe for making money because when a team covers nine straight games and they're averaging 37 points a game, two things happen. One, they're human beings. They're going to come back down to earth, variance hits. And secondly, the team that you're playing against is going to be more fired up because they have you know a statement to make to everybody, oh, you know, we can stop this team. And that's what the Dallas Cowboys did with that speed at linebacker. You know, they, they gambled on Jalen Smith, hit on that one, and then they take uh, Vander Esch in the first round and they hit on that one. So this Dallas defense has a lot to be excited about going here into the future. But as far as this matchup's concerned, um, you know, I think this total might trend down a little bit just because, you know, the market's been cute with some of these totals. Um, Tampa Bay here quietly after just being a dead nut over teams played in three of the last four have gone under. New Orleans after looking like to be a dead nut over teams played in five of seven have gone under. Now when I look at this game um, – don't really quite see how either team holds the other one under 30. This is this is a uh, Tampa Bay offense that's way too explosive in 2018 to be getting more than a touchdown. I agree. I think this game's going to be you know exciting to watch, 34-31 type of game. And maybe whoever has the ball last wins. Wouldn't be shocked if New Orleans lost again. But um, you know, tend to think Drew Brees will be able to figure some things out. You know, this New Orleans defense still has a lot more talent than this Tampa Bay team does. And at the end of the day, this game might come down to the fact that New Orleans has a rushing attack and Tampa Bay doesn't. But if Winston gets down, you know, I expect New Orleans to have a lot better energy. Um, but let's not forget this New Orleans team really struggled on the road this season, have been a completely different team outside of the Dome. This game is down in Florida in Tampa Bay, a place that Tampa Bay beat them at the end of last season uh, on a Chris Godwin 40-yard touchdown in it there with the, in the last 10 seconds. So, um, you know, as far as daily fantasy and, and everything's concerned, you know, if, if Deshaun Jackson isn't playing in this game, 1,000% Chris Godwin. Um, another Either way, game. Godwin, play him. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and move on to our next game. We got the Buffalo Bills, four and eight, two and three at home, hosting the New York Jets, three and nine, one and five on the road. Uh, <clears throat> right now, Buffalo's giving up three and a half points. Uh, two rookie quarterbacks, AFC East matchup. Both these quarterbacks, not very good pass rating. 68.3 for Darnold, 66.3 for Josh Allen. Uh, Lip, how are we feeling about this yeah. one? Yeah, boy. Well, boy. Yeah, it is my boy, Josh Allen. He didn't make the play on the last play of the game last week, but he did have a good game. Again, he set another uh, Buffalo Bills record for 135 yards, I think it was, on the ground. Basically was the best player on the field again. I mean, you know, I mean, made some plays, and, you know, they came up short in the game against Miami. But now it's at home against the Jets, and um, I love Buffalo in this spot. This, this game should be on my card. You know, you're probably looking at Sam Darnold coming back after the foot injury. Um, he's missed a lot of time. The timing's going to be off with everybody if he comes back or he doesn't. I expect him to struggle in this game. And listen up, audience. When you're, you're looking at a game like this, you know, I like to identify the best um, unit on the field. You know, there's offense for the Jets, offense for the, you know, Buffalo. There's defense for the Jets. And there is defense for Buffalo. Buffalo's defense at home here should dominate in this game. I expect them to have turnovers, sacks. You know, yardage has been down. They're not even giving up, giving up 300 yards in a game in a lot of these games these days. Playing with a ton of emotion. Um, I expect, you know, the, the Buffalo defense to be the MVP in this game and the crowd with it. You know, like, I, you know, they're getting, you know, McCoy's, you know, he sprinkles in some plays on offense when you need him. Uh, you have um, Zay Jones, uh, whose who's production has really gone up. You know, he's, he's a guy I like. He's on Twitter supporting the franchise. He puts up W, you know, thanking the fans. These are the types of players you want around a community and to build around. And he's been playing some good football. I expect Buffalo to win this game by at least 10. I expect Buffalo to be on my card. 
I know I think you got to be careful fading teams that are 1-5 against the spread the last six, and that's the case with the Jets. Now, this is the second straight road game for the Jets, and you know after you come out and take a huge lead on Tennessee and you blow the game late in the fourth quarter, um, you know, you have to ask, you know, how, how does a team respond like from that? How much fight do they have left? But, you know, as we touched on a couple times, Todd Bowles consistently gets his guys ready. I don't, you know, it's, it's a gift to his. This guy's a good motivator. And, uh, you know, you look at this Buffalo team, their center, Russell Bodine, he left last week. This has already been the weakness of their team. Their offensive line's not very good. You know, these running backs have no holes to run through. Um, you know, they're basically running a recess-style football. Um, it's just Josh Allen. Who's a quarterback that can do yeah, it. Right. It's just recess football. That's it. Josh Allen scrambling around, you know, trying to make plays. and uh, you Making know, plays. You know, running, running on the ground. I don't know how sustainable that is. You know, when you have a quarterback with a completion percentage uh, under 55 and he's just running around for his life on every play, I don't know how you lay more than a field goal, but, you know, I get Aaron it. Aaron Rodgers you know, has been doing that for years and making plays running around. And that's why his coach just got fired. Um, so I think in a game like this, you got to be careful land more than a field goal with a team as bad as Buffalo is. Um, you know, the Jets this, are bad. The, Buffalo is not that bad. Both teams are bad. I think this is. Oh, this, I agree. They're not this, good. This, this is two bad football teams. And uh, who wants to play in this game more? When you 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 go into the locker room, and you ask the guys who you know you you want to go out there and play pro football. I think Buffalo would sign up for this game way before the Jets. It'll be interesting to see who plays quarterback for the Jets because if it is Darnold, you I could, think it is going to be Darnold. You could have a, you know, a little bit of a, you know, who, you know, what quarterbacks, you know, wants to prove themselves to the other one, you know, about. Just, I don't just, trust just, either one of them know, against the, Buffalo's defense. Yeah, there's, there's no question. Buffalo has a better defense here. Um, I think Buffalo. One of the best in the NFL, actually, think, not just here. I, I think Buffalo wins a close game, but does not cover. I understand that. I like it. Let's move on to our next game, fellas. New England. Uh, Patriots giving up eight, going to Miami. Um, let's see here. What what are we thinking here, uh, Scoop? Yeah, so obviously well documented. The New England Patriots and Tom, ba- Tom Brady in particular, they struggle to play football down in Florida. And when the Heat is above 85, they're now two and four straight up, two and four against the spread. And you know that's going to be the narrative all week. And you know, last season we all saw it on Monday Night Football. New England goes down there and they get punked. I don't see that being the case this year. This Miami team is not what they were in the past. Defensively, they cannot stop the run. This New England team has got a new identity. They drafted a running back in the first round, something that you know a lot of draft gurus say you shouldn't do in today's salary cap era. And you know, New England did it. And you know, when you have a guy like Tom Brady that's 41, the shelf life for your co- coach and quarterback is pretty limited. I guess that would be the argument, you know, for going to get a bruiser like that because, you know, as I've touched on, when the when the weather, you know, gets a little bit colder, and not not that this will be the case in this particular game, but you know, down this stretch run for New England, I agree with you that they should be the favorites to win the AFC. I think they should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl, as good as I think New Orleans is and the Rams are. You know, this is still New England with, you know, Rob Gronkowski, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan, uh, Rex Burkhead back from IR, James White, Sony Michelle. The first round pick that I was Bill touching Belichick. on, Bill Belichick, an offensive line that's top five in in all categories, and you know you just go through, and you know all of a sudden now, you know this offense is starting to play with a little bit of a different strategy, and I think it's a great one because we saw Dallas do this two three years ago, 
And it's very simple. You keep your defense on the sidelines when they're not very good. You bleed clocks. And because of that, New England's starting to be a dead nut under team. Four, five straight games have gone under for New England because they're just playing keep away. They're keeping their defense on the sidelines. They're forcing teams to score in the red zone. They've been playing great red zone defense for 15, 20 years now. And it's continuing to happen. This Miami team completely depleted. We saw it when Green Bay played Miami. They averaged 10.5 yards a rush. I think New England's going to be able to run the ball on this team. I expect there to be a lot of sentiment and, you know, public. I don't think, you know, obviously the public's on New England every week. And New England has covered seven in the last nine weeks. So, you know, the last thing I want to do in this spot is to lay more than a touchdown with an overvalued team like New England is every single week. But, you know, I think this is a, a dream game for a teaser. As far as the spread's concerned, at seven and a half, eight, I don't want anything to do with it. But, um, you know, like a lot of pretend sharp guys might this week gravitating towards Miami with that run defense, I want nothing to do with them. Well, you're spot on. Listen, I've been off the last couple of podcasts with my teasers here, but I won't be off in this game. <clears throat> Make sure you're taking New England, teasing them down to one, one and a half, and use them. You know, Miami's defense is the weak link of everything in this game. It wasn't that exposed against Buffalo because their lack of offense last week, but they've been torched in some, some other games before that, and I expect them to be torched in this game as well too. I do agree with you. New England doesn't care about going up and running up stats for their players and those types of things. Absolutely not. They have a stable of weapons coming at you now. I was extremely impressed with uh, Gordon last week that shows that he can be a number one. And as soon as I saw that, I jumped all over Futures, picked up some plus 275s on AFC, plus 250s. You know, they're not great numbers, <clears throat> but I expect them to be in the AFC championship game. And if they are, they're not going to be plus 250 on the money line. So I'm going to take them there. Miami has way too many holes on offense, way too many holes on defense in this game. New England on a teaser is absolutely the play. I can see them winning by more than the spread. It's too many on the card to be on my card. I'll just be telling you, please bet New England on teasers. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and tackle this next game. <clears throat> we got the 4-8 and eight New York Giants, 2-4 and four on the road. Heading to Washington to face the 6-6 six and six Redskins. 3-3 three and three at home for them. Uh, right now, we got New York Giants giving up 3.5. How are we feeling about this one, Luke? Yeah, I'll take this one. Um, you said for me, yeah. Um, I, I like the Giants in this game. I mean, listen, Mark Sanchez is the quarterback of a professional football team that has no offensive line. It's not that he's going underneath center against an, you know, with an offensive line that he can depend on. He has an offensive line that is absolutely terrible. You know, I feel bad for Colt McCoy snapping his leg in that game after Alex Smith snapped his leg. I mean, just terrible you know, luck for this Washington team, but this is the end of the road for this team. I mean, this is, you know, I, this is, they're going to get buried in this game. The only thing that concerns me slightly is that, uh, you know, I think Landon Collins is questionable in this game and he could support the run for the Giants a lot in this game. But I mean, you've got Adrian Peterson that busts one for 90 yards in the last game. Did you see that, that play that he ran for 90 yards? I did. Guess how many yards he had in the game? Less um, than a hundred. Really? Yes, he had one run for over 90 yards. I know that the second half, he was real quiet. He had eight carries for less than like eight yards. I mean, this is what this team is. They had one, one individual, you know, phenomenal play this guy runs down the field, and the rest of it is here's one yarder, here's no yarder. They didn't even know what the play call was because this is for a guy that, you know, was coming in to run a professional offense. I mean, 
if I'm the Washington Redskins, I'm getting on the horn immediately with a guy like Kaepernick to come in here and, and listen, we have a lot of problems you know, all over the place. Can you come in here and, and orchestrate an offense? And, and he probably and already, would be able to do that. And they already said they're not doing that. Yeah, of course they did. So <laughs> they bring in Mark Sanchez into a, an unwinnable situation that you know that they have there's nothing they can do hasn't started since 2016 no i mean this isn't this this guy's not a starter in this league it's like i went back to your guy last week with that started for uh jacksonville yeah i mean you know chase or the other guy i mean these aren't starters in these leagues you bring these guys in the giants have a professional offense the giants defensively played very you know pretty decent against chicago and spots in that game yeah they're not lost out there. In Chicago, even without Trubisky, offensively is going to be better than Washington at home in this game. They just have too many. Uh, they're depleted everywhere on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it's it's sad to watch. Lay the three and a half on the Giants. I'm going to dig into it more. I might be laying three and a half on the on the road with the Giants. It's crazy, but it's it's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, and I, we we talk about Colt McCoy and. Just how bad luck he had in that yeah, national Cole championship. Yeah, decent. Yeah, no, you know, kid goes to the national championship opening drive, gets hurt. Now all of a sudden, you know, he has his opportunity in the NFL and he's on the big stage Monday Night Football. And he comes throws out, two passes with that he, broken leg scoop. And, and, he, and he looks good in the first quarter, you know. Extends a couple plays, makes a couple nice throws, and then the, the kid's bad luck continues. And in comes Mark Sanchez, under five yards per attempt, just dinking and dunking. First, he has the butt fumble. Last night, he has the butt recovery. This guy's just, you know, he's a mess. Um, but Yeah, no, he has his moments where he looks good. Like, he'll have throws where it's like, man, that was a, you know, sharp throw, you know, on point. He hit Jordan Reed on a couple, but just not consistent. Just, you know, mentally has way too, you know, the game moves way too fast for him. He just, he's mentally not there. You can tell he was a third-string quarterback. He's collecting his paychecks, you know, banging the models, living the good life. But, you know, as far as football is concerned, this guy's not ready. And you, you touched on it. And it's not just the offensive line how depleted they are. They have right tackle Morgan Moses and Trent Williams left tackle back. But when you have both guards on IR and you have a, a, an aging running back who's, you know, struggling to have that same explosiveness. We saw the one run, but, you know, play after play, you know, it's a lot of two-yard rushes, putting them in third and six, third and sevens. And, you know, the Paul Richardson injury was huge for this Washington team. They, they you know, go back, go, go on spot track and look at what he's making per year. I mean, it's not by accident. This dude was a playmaker for Seattle, and he was supposed to be the playmaker in this offense. And he's He actually a, was early in the season. Yeah, no, this guy's a player. Like, he's one of the best contested, you know, ball catchers in the entire league at receiver. This guy goes and gets balls. He's a plucker. And without him in this offense, you know, Crowder, Thompson are back. I mean, I still – I mean, Eli Manning in, is, is, is a joke quarterback, and – you know, like you touched on, laying more than a field goal on the road with this giant team, I'm not in love with it. But to me, this is a tough game to bet. I need to get, you know, dig a little bit more into it. Don't think there's a great angle either side here. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. You know, they've been- Washington's defense is good. That's the only thing that scares me from yeah. the Giants. But, they, you know, the Giants have professional offense. I expect them to be prepared. They've already said Eli's going to be going in. You know, I'll just they- say this. Based on where the number is right now, where I expect it to close, I lean Washington, but don't really have a strong I don't think uh, the number's opinion. going anywhere. It's probably going to close four. All right, fellas, go ahead and tackle this next game. We got Denver Broncos, 6-6, six and 3-3 six, three and three on the road. Traveling to San Francisco to face the 49ers. 2-10 for the Niners, 2-3 at home. Uh, right now, Denver's Denver's giving up three and, uh, five and a half right now. Um, Scoop, take this one. How you feeling? 
Yeah, so Denver, I touched on, they had a, a 17-game run where they were 2-14-1 against spread dating back to last season, and since then, they've covered six out of seven weeks. Of those six covers, a couple of them were fortunate. Another one last week. This team has uh, had a lot of balls bounce their way. Last week, Cincinnati muffs a punt. Um, you know, A.J. Green goes down in the first quarter. A lot of things have gone their way. They're now covered, like I said, six out of seven. San Fran on the other end, uh, one and five against the spread their last six. So this is your classic buy low, sell high. Overreaction to the scoreboard from the previous week. San Francisco moved the ball up and down the field on Seattle. Nick Mullins actually looked pretty good. Um, Dante Pettis is making some plays on the outside. San Francisco, they're back home after a road game. Um, this is a game where you know Shanahan, I think, will have them a little, a little bit fired up. You know, do you have any pride? You know, they've had back-to-back no-shows. They go down to Tampa Bay, get held to nine points. They bounce back, play better against Seattle, but the scoreboard didn't show. I think San Francisco has a lot better effort in this game. Um, you know, I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit. This Denver team, they're not really built to blow teams out. You know, this is a game that I think will come down to the wire. It'll be you know three to four point game. I think this number's a little bit inflated. And I think uh, this Denver team is at some point going to be exposed. And, you know, I don't you – know, this could be the one. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mentioned a few weeks ago, start watching now for this Denver team because they have a lot of talent on this team. They've gotten better um, on the offensive side of the ball since they've gone to Patrick Lindsay as the feature back. This guy's been playing fantastic football. Yeah. And a guy that I'm also really impressed with of late, I'm always tough on him because I don't think he's the most talented, is Case Keenum. Case Keenum is playing mistake-free football. He's playing you know, a lot more discipline. He's not turning it over. He's making the proper throws. He's making good reads. He's getting you know audibling into running situations that are favorable for the team. And the defense quietly is 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 – playing really good football. I've mentioned for a couple weeks they have an outstanding defensive line. And what concerns me the most in this game from San Francisco is they have a good defensive line. They've drafted there and they spent some money there. But their linebackers and their secondary are almost as bad as it gets. And, you know, San Francisco was torched against Seattle. To me, a, a team that is somewhat offensively challenged outside of one player, and they they looked like they were scoring every single time they had the ball. I agree with you, Scoop. This is a lot of points in a game here with five and a half, I think it's going to be, maybe five on the card. Probably close five and a half, somewhere in that range. Definitely have to uh, read in to make sure that Mullins is going to be underneath center and some injuries here. But Denver's playing good football. I expect them to win the game. I'm not sure if it'll make my card. If it does, it'll be Denver. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and tackle this next game. We got Detroit going to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Detroit's giving up two and a half here. Detroit's one and four on the road. Arizona only got one win at home. Um, how we feeling about this one, Scoop? Yeah, you got a Detroit team that's pretty hopeless at this point, headed to the West Coast. Um, Detroit, after their nice little run against the spread, now one and five their last six. Arizona quietly six, three, and one. Momentum, confidence, carryover spot for Arizona after the upset at Lambeau. This Detroit team without on Johnson and Marvin, uh, you know, just a completely different offense. I mean, it's two key weapons on this team. You really only have Galladay now. Um, this offensive line's not playing as well as it was early in the season when everyone was acting like, you know, this will be the best offensive line that Stafford's played behind in his whole career. You know, last week Aaron Donald just completely living in the backfield, something we'll touch on when they, and we get to this Bears-Rams game. But Matt Stafford, uh, you know, he had an injury last week. It was undisclosed. Um, he needed treatment afterward. He said uh, that he'll be fine, but clearly not 100%. 
tough game. Um, don't really have an opinion on this game yet, but really hard to touch either team. I mean, I guess I would lean Arizona at the moment. Yeah, I'm looking at this game. That's why we're going to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking at Arizona. Sometimes when you, you have a, you know, a young coach, a young quarterback, a team that's, you know, not too familiar with themselves, and they get a chance to actually go out onto the road and knock a, you know, a future Hall of Famer and, and a great coach and a great franchise out of the playoffs, it does a lot for their psyche. And I think them coming back home and being able to, you know, to, you know, Re, not relive that, but you know the confidence of that. I think they're going to be able to move forward. Detroit's um, the only thing that scares me a little bit for Detroit. You know, looking at Arizona, that I am looking at Arizona is their their run defense has improved. You know, I listened to Gurley and a couple of the guys talk about Detroit's run defense. That they were, you know, they were you know impressed with that run defense. I, I agree with you, Scoop. That Detroit's not the same offense anymore. I mean, you're you know you have a quarterback here that's proven that he, he can't go to the playoffs or at least win in the playoffs. That's going to happen again this year. You know, where's his psyche? And you know, a new coach comes in, uh, like you mentioned. You know, Carryon Johnson was a, is is a really good running back that can you know he can take 25, 30 you know carries in a game and revolve it around that. They don't have that anymore. You saw that they got rid of Golden Tate. What he did on Monday night for Philadelphia and the piece that he is. So big you know, catch, big big second down conversion. Catch. Yeah, big. You know, I mean, as a good player for that franchise, they don't have him anymore. And they don't have a lot of pieces either in this game. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I, you know, I'm a little bit shocked that Arizona is actually, you know, a dog here. You know, I'm going to be playing Arizona in some teasers if I don't play the side. Um, but I, I think Arizona is going to be a card play for me. Dig into a few things later on. Detroit's a mess. I like Arizona. All right, cool. Let's move to our next game. we got an NFC East uh, big matchup here between the Philadelphia Eagles for two and three on the road. Six and six overall. They're traveling to Dallas to face seven and Sorry, seven and five Dallas Cowboys, five and one at home. Been a pretty good team as of late um, since the trade. They've been they've been rolling. Both of these teams are on streaks, win streaks. We got two for um, Philadelphia and four for Dallas. How are we feeling about this one, Scoop? You want to take this one, Lip? Go ahead, Lip. <clears throat> sure, I'll take this game. This game's going to be on my cart. I bet this game already in the week. I took the Eagles plus four and a half, and there's no question that both of these teams are starting to move in the right direction. I'm impressed with Dallas of late um, the game especially against New Orleans where they show they have the toughness against good teams in this league um, at home especially to show their defense off I think their defense at this point may be the number one defense in all of football especially at home they have two outstanding linebackers they have an outstanding pass rush they have the secondary that can compete and they're playing with confidence that being said, four or four and a half points or three and a half or whatever that is, is just too many points in this game. I mentioned Monday night that Golden Tate has come into this offense and he's starting to produce. Elshon Jeffrey's been very quiet. Well, he can burn anybody at any second. They got Darren Sproles back in this offense. That's, you know, he's, you know, and special teams as well. You know, he's a guy that, you know, really rallies him on the, the sideline. And the thing here that, that I think is being underlooked in this game is this Adams that's come in for the Eagles. Now the Eagles are back to last year's Super Bowl winning formula where they run the ball with a power back, they run the ball with scat backs, they wear defenses down, and they mismatch uh, teams you know, offensively in the passing game. The thing that I like the most about Doug Peterson is Doug Peterson does a better job than any coach in pro football of taking advantage of mismatches. This game, they don't have a lot of what? Where, where did we come up with this at? With what? 
best at exploiting mismatches. He's excellent since at, when? When did this happen? Well, I mean, he he's been doing it for his entire career. He, he's he's good at, at, at finding mismatches you, and exploiting them. You haven't realized that since Frank Reich and John T. Filippo left this Philadelphia team that this offense has not even been remotely the same? Well, Carson uh, Wentz is finally coming back to being healthy. He, he hasn't been healthy at the beginning of the season. It's taken him time mentally to come back and play at a high level. You know, they, they've missed some running backs with Ajayi and some other things and some pieces that have been taken out of this offense. They haven't had an offense to just rely on. They've been trying to figure out things on the fly here. They've gotten Golden Tate involved with the offense now. I did mention Elshon Jeffrey. I didn't mention the number one best tight end in all of football in Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is unstoppable. I do expect good defenses to start basing, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I thought Rob Gronkowski was the best football player in the world. Healthy he is. Rob Gronkowski is the best non-quarterback player in all of football. He's not healthy right now? I don't think he's 100% no. What about, what about Travis Kelsey? I don't. Travis Kelsey is a very good player as well, too. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a reach saying Urge is number one. He's definitely getting the most Well, volume. he's proved it this year. He's the number one tight end in football. What are you talking about? Well, I don't about? think fantasy football directly. I'm not talking about fantasy football. I'm talking about production on the field. Yeah, his volume's high, but I'll still Okay, well, I mean, he doesn't, you know, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and, and you know, Kareem Hunt and all these other players, well, they haven't had all these pieces, and Zach Ertz has done it all year. So Zach Ertz is the best tight end in football this year, hands down. Sorry. Yeah, I would if say you, that. Well, it doesn't matter. I really don't care what you think. So I think Philadelphia in this game plus four and a half is too many points. I give Dallas a lot of credit for what they've done on the offensive side of the ball with bringing in Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has done more for this offense than I thought that they, they would, you know. But they're you know they're playing in a crumb division where they've played a lot of crumbs of late outside of New Orleans. So let's not put them at the top of the league as one of the best teams in football. Their defense is up there, but their team in general is not. The Eagles are coming in here with confidence on offense. I think they'll score points in this game, and I'm taking more than a field goal. Expect the Eagles to be on my card. Yeah, no, we're on the same page here because, you know, this game is a classic situation where you look at spots and where teams are trending towards. And this Philadelphia team is trending in the right direction, um, you know, kind of refocused. You have the nice win. I don't know how much we learned about him last night playing against Mark Sanchez. I mean, I think that game was going to be – Coming coming down to the wire. Well, they, they if, came back against the Giants played. the week before. We learned right. a lot about them in that game. No, no, I think I think we learned about the the confidence and the momentum that they have starting to build here in the last two weeks. But as far as you know, how good they are, you know, they have had some issues stopping the run here. Um, and against Dallas, you got to be able to stop the run. But I think at the end of the day, you know, this is about the you know we're not betting on teams or anything like that. We're betting on numbers and exactly this point spreads. This Philadelphia team is trending in the right direction. They're coming off of, you know, two nice wins. They got some momentum and some confidence. They have a quarterback who's got a lot to prove where a team won a Super Bowl without him a season ago. And in this 2018 flag football, Carson Wentz has got the the, the, the prototypical skill set that you want. He's out on the run making some nice throws. Um, he's not questioning himself. Nobody in the night. NFL nobody in the NFL throws on the bootleg or nakeds better than uh than Carson Wentz. And that's what you have to do against Dallas. You can't play a, a that good of a defense against eh, them. You I'll have take, to naked them, and you have to have bootlegs against them. Carson Wentz will make those plays in this game. As far as throwing on the run, I'll take Patrick Mahomes over anyone. But Carson Wentz is very talented, there's no question. And against this Dallas team, where you exploit them is through the air. So, you know, if Doug Peterson does draw up a nice game plan here, it will, it will include a lot of Alshon Jeffrey, a lot of Golden Tate, 
big getting out into the open field. You saw it last night. There was a lot of, uh, you know, well-designed plays where he had his receivers out in open space, able to give Carson Wentz a throwing lane. And with that speed that Carson has, you know, it's a tough offense to stop at times. Now, you know, they've struggled to, to put points on the board down the red zone. They struggled on third down. And this Dallas defense is playing really well. And I think what you're really, the key to this whole game is is when you got a team like Dallas that comes out and it's their Super Bowl, it's Thursday, it's the primetime game against New Orleans, and you completely shut them down and everybody wants to talk about how great your defense is and how you're the favorite to win the NFC East. And you hear about it for 10 days and now you come out against your division rival that won the Super Bowl the season before. How do you respond to it? You know, Philadelphia went into Dallas a season ago. They win by 30. Um, you know, it was a Sunday night game. I think it was 30-7 to was the final. And, you know, in that game, Dak Prescott was really exploited. He played that game without a couple offensive linemen. Um, does Tyron Smith come back from this game after missing a couple? Um, I think he'll be back. You know, does, what, what happens with Philly and, and some of their defensive injuries? They were super banged up last week. Scoop, you bring up a really good point here in the fact that you said that uh, Dak Prescott in that Philadelphia game was, you know, somewhat exposed and the Eagles still have the secondary that can be exposed is he the type of player that can expose it yeah no I mean we're gonna find a lot about both these quarterbacks here in this game and I think this is you know as far as you're concerned with four and a half you know this is a game you could it'll be three and a half on the card you could potentially middle it um but as far as you know this game paying juice to land four this is uh this is this is a this is an I mean the spot favors Philadelphia um, you know, I, the injury report will probably dictate where, where my opinion goes in this game because, you know, Philadelphia's defense is super banged up. And with all of these issues that Philly has in their secondary that haven't, you know, you know, Odell Beckham came out two weeks ago and said, you know, our game plan was stupid. We didn't get a, our, our guys right. the ball. And he was right. And then <clears throat> last week, Philadelphia's playing against Washington. And Washington comes out in the first, you know, didn't really have any receivers to begin with, but they come out in the first, you know, couple drives. They're moving the ball. And then we saw they didn't really have the weapons to exploit it. So no, or Mark Sanchez. Amari Cooper, I mean, he, they talked about this during the draft situation. I mean, this guy's one of the best pure route runners the league's had seen in, in, in a while. And if you get Cooper out in space, and now you got Michael Gallup starting to get his rookie confidence going here late in the season, um, you know, I think Dallas could have some success through the air in this game. And, and then, then you got Zeke Elliott starting to catch the ball a little bit. I think, I think this game has a chance to be a, a low-key shootout. And it comes down to the wire, and you know, under pressure late, I, f- I favor Dak over Carson. But you know, we'll see how the injury report cracks out. This is a very interesting game. Yeah, I mean, last my stamp of approval on this game is there's no way I trust Dak Prescott laying more than a field goal against the defending Super Bowl champions in this game. Yeah, I'm no. taking the Eagles. And, and let's talk about just by low to close this out. Um, Dallas six and two against the spread their last eight. Philly three and eight against the spread since their opening cover against Atlanta. So you know the the public loves to bet on the teams that have done them well recently, and that's the case with Dallas. And you know they're they're going to be reluctant to touch Philly in this game. I think the public will be on Dallas in this game, and we all know in the NFL it's not a good thing to be on the side where the public is. It's a big game, and one thing that they're starting to do studies in golf that I want them to start doing some studies in pro football is analytically how do you handle pressure of bigger games bigger spots this is a bigger game bigger spot i trust carson wentz in this game cool fellas let's move on to our next game this is sunday night football between two powerhouse teams uh los angeles rams 11 and 1 5 and 1 on the road going to chicago to face the bears 8 and 4 5 and 1 at home uh right now the rams are giving up three so we got a road dog uh a road dog in the Bears. 
No, road favorite. Yeah, the Rams are favored by three on the road at Chicago. I'm yep. sorry. Uh-huh. No, it's okay. Yes, yeah, so you got the road favorite, the uh, the LA Rams going to Chicago, and you know this is a game where I wrote down for both teams here. This is a quarterback truth revealing spot where we're going to find a lot about Jared Goff and Mitchell Trubisky in this game, and because I think both of them are a little bit more limited than the general consensus is, I lean to the under in this game. You know, for if I'm Chicago, my game plan is um, limit the possessions in this game, lean on your running game. Um, you know, have a have a bleed the clock type of game plan. Keep this Ram offense on the sidelines. Let your defense win you this game late in the game. Chicago five and one their last six against the spread. The Rams two five and one their last eight. This will be the second straight road game for the Rams. They came from Detroit last week, had a nice win. Um, Todd Gurley starting to uh, really love this um, bleed the clock lay down at the one thing. Um, he did it again here last week and. You know, you gotta you gotta clap your hands for a guy that understands winning is the most important part of football. But this Chicago team, we don't know for sure if Trubisky's gonna be back in this game. It'll probably be Chase Daniel again. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's Trubisky. Either way, um, if I'm the Bears, I run the football. This Ram defense, now that they have a keep to lead back, even more so than it already was the case. If you're gonna exploit their weakness, you run the football. Um, last week, Aaron Donald just an absolute tear. Four tackles for loss. Two sacks. I mean, just living in the backfield. This guy, you talk about the best football player in the league. It's not Rob Gronkowski. It's Aaron Donald. It's not even close. This guy's worth every penny and then some. He's the type of defensive player that can win you a Super Bowl um, on a defense that's got some holes. Um, This Ram team in this game, they're going to have to be able to run the ball against a Chicago front that has been downright unbelievable this season. You just can't run the football on this team. Um, last week, Barkley had a had a nice game. There was some banged up situation with Chicago's front four in that game, but I would expect them to be a little bit more healthy for this game. I think both defenses are going to be fired up. I think this is a low 20s type of game. Comes down to the wire as far as spread's concerned. Don't really have an opinion. Um, I guess I'd probably lean to Chicago, but um, I think this is going to be a barn burner game where both defenses really make life difficult on the opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, I think um, when you look at a game like this, you know, I look at the Rams as top two, maybe three, you know, explosive offensive units in all of the game. Well, that's going to be negated in this game. You know, the weather's going to be in the 20s. You know, it's going to be in Chicago. Uh, This is, as you mentioned, Scoop, that Chicago has a dynamite run defense. Gurley's the best running back in the game. Does that negate itself? Possibly. You know, I come back to the Cooper Cup injury in this game. You know, him on the field, I feel a lot more comfortable. I was watching Reynolds very closely last week to see if he is, you know, can fill that role for Cooper Cup. There's a lot of plays that he can make. There's a lot of plays that he doesn't make. So I think that the Rams' offense in this game is going to miss Cooper Cup. I move over to Chicago in this game, and there's no question that this year defensively, Aaron Donald's the best player in football. I'm not going to argue with you about that. He should get serious consideration for league MVP. He's been that good. You know, this defense has not been that good, but they do get back to leave last game, which is helpful in that regard. This is a game that 100%, if you're Chicago, you need Trubisky on the field. You know, Chase Daniels showed last week that he's a backup for a reason. If teams can game plan for him, He's not going to be able to be consistent in this league. Trubisky brings a lot of, you know, intangibles to the game. You know, he can run. He can throw. He makes throws. You know, does he make a couple of, you know, decisions that are questionable? Absolutely he does. 
but he's a gamer. He wins football games. And I think that in this game, Chicago is going to win this game. I'm not sure if it can make my card, but I'm leaning Chicago in this game. I think that, you know, as we mentioned before, or I mentioned before, I'm a little bit concerned about the Rams' offense going into Chicago on this stage and performing at the level they have all, all year. I expect them to turn the ball over in this game a little bit, and I think Chicago probably comes out with potentially, as you mentioned, a lower-scoring game. Yeah, this is this total's trending down already at 52.5 now. I think it closes down 51, 50.5. Wouldn't be shocked if it went to the, to the 40s. But, you know, something we touched on earlier this season was Jared Goff when he was going to Denver to play in the snow with his smaller hands um, and being a California kid, you know, it didn't quite show up in that game because Todd Gurley went 30 rushes for 215 yards and ran right. the ball down Denver's throat. Now, obviously, Denver's run defense is not Chicago's. So this is a game where the weather and Jared Goff and his background history could reappear as Agreed. much more important than it did the first time we thought it might. Yep, Denver. Um, yeah, Denver did cover that game. Stone yep. Cold, you know, miracle off the helmet interception, flipped the whole game. You know, you know, sometimes you're on the wrong side and you win and vice versa, and that was just one of them, you know. But this game, this is a game where Goff playing without Cooper Cup – in an offense that, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball on the Chicago team, and you're telling me in the 20s, yeah. in the cold, um, you know, this this game's going to be... You know, I, this is a type of game, Scoop, that I look at that at the end of every play, do you want to get up and go on to the next play? And I think Chicago, on the stage, physically is going to, you know... They're going to block out the pain. They're going to go through everything they can to try and be in the game because this well, is the team they want to try and beat. And, and another thing, and is they're you, at home. And another thing, I think this is the what kind of hidden variable in Soldier Field, and this Chicago fan base has been waiting a long time oh, for look an at the atmosphere Minnesota like game, this. The last big game they had yeah, there, they showed up at home. They were ready. They've been waiting for a team to to get behind, and they finally have one. And this is a huge, huge, uh, you know, situation here for this. Going for forward. Chicago psyche. Yeah, I mean, this is huge and uh, for both teams. I expect this to be a wild atmosphere, and I expect this defense to be very difficult to convert on third downs against because, like I said a couple of times, they paid both their corners in the offseason. Um, they have Eddie Jackson at safety, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, they're Danny gonna Trevathan. Jump on, they're they're going to jump know, on you know mistakes in this game. I agree with you. You you take you take away you take all thirty two NFL rosters and you take the quarterbacks off of every single team. The best in the NFL, it's not close, it's the Chicago Bears. I like it, fellas. You know I like it. Uh, so let's move on to you our last game. You love that one. You're a Chicago fan. <laughs> let's move on to the last game. It's Monday Night Football. We got the Minnesota Vikings going to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Minnesota is now 6-5-1. and five and one. Uh, They are 2-3-1 and one on the road. 3-2 uh, and two at home for Seattle. Seattle's giving up 3.5 in this one. How are we feeling about this one? Scoop, take it. Yeah, so this Seattle team, real, real quietly, 6-1-1 one one against the spread the last eight. Um, I tried to warn Lip a couple weeks ago about this 2018 flag football and how Russell Wilson is just a dream for this new, you know, rules. And, you know, I haven't done a great job myself of exploiting what I knew. And, you know, you tend to do that as a gambler. You know, you, you sit there and you know things and – you don't, you know, as far as pulling the trigger and pushing the right buttons, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder than, you know, having information. You know, you got to know what to do with it and have the right timing. And with Seattle, um, you know, last week they get outgained by San Francisco by about 250 yards. They win by 30 points. And one thing you got to do in the NFL is you got to exploit deceiving scoreboards. And because of 
Minnesota losing by two touchdowns last week at New England. You know, nobody's going to have any confidence in touching Minnesota. They watched them in primetime struggle um, here recently a couple times against uh, Chicago. And then even against Green Bay, they didn't light the world on fire. So don't think the public's going to be very, you know, confident to touch Minnesota in this game. And, you know, Minnesota, they're in a bounce-back, buy-low, must-win game um, defensively. They just have a lot more talent than Seattle does. Seattle has gotten by with a little bit of a weaker schedule. The the, the breaks have kind of gone their way as far as when they've caught teams. And we're going to find out a lot about um, this Seattle secondary because, you know, Steph Diggs and Adam Thielen, a week after Belichick put the clamps down on them with a, with a great game plan, we're going to find out if, you know, Cousins can, can bounce back here and, you know, to think Seattle's going to blow this team out. I, I don't see it. You know, I think at three and a half, the value is 1,000% on Minnesota. Um, I expect to buy low on Minnesota at three and a half, and I think that you know, you know, this game's tight, close, late, prime time, uh, pressure on the line. Obviously, Russ Wilson versus Kirk Cousins is a complete mismatch in Russell Wilson's favor, and not something that I love to do is bet on you know nervous quarterbacks on big stages against cold-blooded assassins like Wilson. But like I said before, we're not betting teams or players; we're betting numbers, and three and a half is just too many. I agree with you. I laid, uh, or I'm sorry, I had a a look ahead in this spot. I actually took plus three, and you know, which was a bad number. Now there's three and a half out there, so I bought a little bit more on three and a half with Minnesota. But I agree with you 100% here. I think the X factor in this game is going to be Minnesota's defense, as you mentioned. They have they're starting to get back a little bit healthy. Xavier Rhodes went back. I think they took him out of the New England game. I'm going to have to see the status on him to see if he's going to be available versus Seattle because without him, New England exploited that Minnesota um, defense, and they do need him on the on the field in a particular matchup against New England. Now, I don't know if he's necessarily as valuable, needs to be as valuable in this game because Seattle doesn't have a, you know, a number one or they're going to exploit. As you mentioned, they have the better quarterback in this game. A little bit worried about Minnesota's psyche um, heading into this game. Seattle's the one that's that's riding the momentum. Seattle's going to be in the playoffs regardless, so I don't know how big of a game this really is for Seattle. I mean, it looks like a big primetime game for them, but it's really not because they're going to be in the playoffs because of their schedule coming down the rest of the way. So even if they do lose this game to Minnesota, the tiebreaker isn't really going to hurt them. They'll have enough wins with two uh, upcoming games later on with them. Um, San Francisco and Arizona. Minnesota, I mean, offensively, we mention it every single week. They have everything that you want on that offensive side of the ball. I mean, they have everything. Delvin Cook, they have, you know, a, a goal line back. They have a tight end that's excellent, multiple wide receivers, two, three, even four guys that can get into play. But the problem that nobody is talking about is Kirk Cousins. This is a very average quarterback in this league that is overpaid. I never like to try and don't fall anybody for what they can get paid, but he's not that good of a quarterback. I mean, I'm looking at what over in Denver right now Case Keenum's doing, and you know, I'm watching him closely, and he's making plays that Kirk Cousins is not even making at this point. Kirk Cousins is a guy that any any father would want their daughter to marry. He's a you know wonderful human being, but he's not an elite quarterback in this at at this level. And you mentioned it, Scoop. Russell Wilson is a gamer. This guy it doesn't matter if they're up by ten or getting blown out or whatever. This guy has got a chip on his shoulder since day one when he was drafted in baseball and football. He thought he should have been drafted higher, and he thinks he's the best player on the field. And every single week, he almost is. Seattle laying three and a half is too many points for me. I'll dig into the Xavier Rose injury. Minnesota may make my card. I've been disappointed with them of late. I probably won't use them, but I do look at Minnesota as a play. 
Well, you know, when you look at this game, you know, as I touched on as far as you want to fade teams when they hit the top of their value as far as the market. And you look at the Seattle team and all these covers, like I touched on, 6-1-1 one, and one, their last eight games. And then you look at this defense and some of the situations that have happened of late. They give up 452 yards to Nick Mullins in San Francisco last week. Carolina's off. Just passing. Yep. No, that's total yards. Oh, was it? Um, So Carolina, um, you know, an offense that's struggling, they give up 27 to them. Green Bay, an offense that's struggling, they give up 24 to them. The Rams scored 36. The Chargers scored 25, and they really went to sleep the whole second half. Some of these are home games. Um, These are all home games. Detroit moved the ball up and down the field. They turned the ball over in the red zone, scored 14. Oakland no-showed, and London scored 3. The Rams go up and down the field, should have scored 50 the first time they played. They scored 31 or 33. Uh, They play Arizona, Dallas, at Chicago. My point is this. They've faced a very easy schedule of opposing offenses, and this defense has been exploited. They've done a good job of limiting points and finding a way to keep the game in hand so that Russell can go win it late, and that's what the guy does. But, man, oh, man, this defense has some holes. It's been very quietly overshadowed by good coaching and schemes and situational football. But this is a game where you got a a Minnesota offense that is in an urgency, emergency, must-win spot in prime time. Biggest game of the year back for him. With a bunch of weapons, Dalvin Cook healthy. Steph Diggs should be more healthy than he was a week ago. And you're playing in a game where you kind of, you know, for Minnesota, you know, I touched on it about a month ago when they played Chicago, and, and, I, and I was wrong as far as how the pressure would feel. But Well, because they got buried early the, in that Chicago game, Minnesota did. But I think in this game— They can't get buried early here. You know, at, at a, I think at a certain point with Minnesota, you just kind of say— hey, What other weapons going to just start yeah, look, flourishing? Look, let's go let it fly. Yeah, and this is a matchup. This Seattle defense is exploitable, and I think Minnesota's going to have some success on offense. Fellas, I like it. Uh, let's give the folks our best bets of the week. Um, How'd you do last week? You know me. Uh, 2-0? 2-0, man. I had two bets. You told me not well, to be yeah, 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 yeah. You told no. me not to be greedy, but I was. Listen, yeah, you're running them over. We need your best bet this week. Let's go. What is it? Uh, I actually like... Mm, I'm, liking, I'm, liking, I'm liking Philly. The Eagles? I, I do like Plus Philly. Plus the four, okay. I do like Philly. A three and a half um, against Dallas? Yeah, we got to see what Dallas is about. Uh, big, big win against New Orleans. I think that... Um, they're gonna try their best, but Philly, I don't know. They're coming along. Wentz is coming along, and uh, I like I like Philly getting those getting those points. All right, I like it. Uh, my best bet of the week is gonna be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've been doing well with them, and uh, you're gonna give me more than a touchdown at home against New Orleans. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna give a quick shout out to the the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm going tonight, taking my mom for her birthday and her brother. So you know we got the Stanley Cup uh, rematch against the Washington Capitals tonight. So go Knights, go! But for the NFL purposes, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is my number one play of the week. I like that. I like Tampa. For my best bet, I am going to go with the Baltimore Ravens plus the seven. Um, If it does go down to six and a half, that does change it a little bit. Um, So because of that, I will also run with uh, the Minnesota Vikings plus three and a half. And just another sprinkle for you. Um, You know, as far as the total is concerned, as I touched on the under in that L.A. Rams-Chicago Bears game. But as far as me giving you a best bet on Tuesday, it's kind of irrelevant anyway. Check back on Twitter where I'll post my final one on Friday when I put my selections in. Give them your Twitter handle real quick. At the underscore Vegas Scoop. All right. I like it, fellas. Uh, Like Scoop always say, let's run pure. (laughs) Like I always say, let's touch some numbers. Some green numbers. We love that. 
close it out. Uh, I'm going to close it out. I'm going to I'm going to give you not a guarantee but a prediction. It's going to be close to a 5 and 0 week for me in the contest. Maybe 4 and 1, but I'm ready for a big week. I already want to fade you. No, there's no guarantees in this business. No, there isn't. But you got to have confidence and you have to have a positive attitude. Love it. Peace.